just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Hope you guys had a great weekend. I know I did. I'm excited to be back this week. Got some wonderful interviews to encourage you, to inform you, to inspire you, and we're kicking it off right today. I have a guest with me uh, who's done tons and tons of pastoral counseling, Uh, and so there is a good chance that he can help me, uh, and you will get to watch that, and you will probably pick up a few things that will help you as well. He does have another book out. This is his fifth book. It's called Maturing Into Yourself. And there is a key word right there that we are going to get into because it's one thing I like to stress on this program, and it's important. Uh, And we'll talk about it. So you're you're invited to be a part of the conversation today if you're watching us live. If you're watching in the replay, we do still appreciate your comments. I read pretty much all of those if I get the notification, which is most of the time. but uh, Ray Light is my guest, and he is the founder of Faith by Grace Ministries, of course, the author of uh, Maturing Into Yourself, uh, and like I said, a counselor. Patty, good to have you. Uh, you guys chime in if you're watching live. I always love to know where people are watching from. It's just kind of fun. But Ray, I appreciate you being here on Life Today. Live, good to have you. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So in the title of your latest book, uh, you've got this word, maturing. And as you've dealt with so many people over the years, oftentimes in crisis situations, many of them Christian leaders, let's be honest, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you see going on sometimes in this often messy life that we are living? In the sense of maturing, I guess, uh, well, well, one of the reasons why this came about is I see a difference between healing and maturity. and. And healing to me is just a manifested revelation of truth through spiritual discernment. And I, I believe the truth of who we are in Christ is already true. And in these areas where we were stuck, like you said, we were stuck, we were hurting, we were reliving the the trauma of whatever lie got established in that old unresolved trauma. When that happens, we emotionally get stuck there and we stop maturing. And then once there's a healing, we're, we're free we're healed, but now we need to actually grow into the fullness of who we are so that we can be the truth of who we are. Yeah, you make a statement that I think is very interesting and absolutely true. You say being free does not mean you are mature. And I think we have seen this uh, many times, frankly. I know I have behind, you know, behind closed doors. You, you see a lot of people who have gotten free from some sort of trauma in their past but doesn't necessarily mean that they're mature mm-hmm. yeah what happens is you have the years of experience defending yourself because of the lie so whatever your habit whatever your behavioral pattern your defense mechanism coping mechanism whatever language you want to use i really break that out in in my previous book identity restoration on how we believe a lie and self-protect in fear shame and guilt I break out the maturing process after the healing. So so whenever we started self-protecting in fear, shame, or guilt, we got stuck there. You get free, but now you don't have the years of experience of being you. You have years of experience of doing this, this old unhealthy pattern. So now you need to learn how to be you. How do you actually, how do you fully live out the truth of who you are? How, how can you be present 
and experience yourself in that moment. All right. Uh, for clarity, you, you talk about maturing into yourself, like the title of your book, mm-hmm. and then you talk about being you. Uh, define that because I know in different, it means different things, a different thing to different people. Uh, you know, I come from a background where we like to say I'm just a, a sinner saved by grace. And um, I get that. And I think it's always keeps us humble to remember that. But part of me is also like, is that really who we are now? You know, um, yeah. what does it mean to be you? Well, to be the new creation. Right. It's like for me, it's no longer me who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And that's one of the things I actually deal with in this book is the understanding because we get into self-nurture. We get into that actually taking care of yourself. And there's this whole confusion about denying yourself. And we, we've kind of been tricked into denying the new self and believing the old self is still alive. So we're trying to deny that old self, and that's what we're putting on ourselves. That's not who we are anymore. If we've put our faith in Christ, we are a new creation. So that's what I'm talking about, is who did God create you to be in him, right? Because it's yeah. it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what I'm talking about. So I, I think the question that I, has to come up all the time in your, in your counseling sessions is, if I'm a new creation, why am I doing the same old things? Because you don't believe it. <laughs> That's right. That's, you know, we we don't live out of what we know. We live out of what we believe. And the problem is, is we don't we don't really know what we believe and we don't really believe what we know. So the journey we're on, in my opinion, this is this is Ray Light's opinion. The journey we're on is not becoming who we are in Christ, but it's believing who we are in Christ. The truth of who we are in Christ is already true. The finished work. Jesus did the work on the cross. You know, we're either righteous in Christ or we're not in Christ. We're not in a process of becoming righteous and holy. We're in a process of believing our righteous, holy identity in Christ. Would the difference be akin to uh, those who are spiritual babies, you know, feeding on milk versus those who are mature? Is that really the key right there? Well, I break out, for me, I break that out in the sense of like for milk is the the law like we do with with children like babies we teach them don't go run out in the street because they don't know any better don't stick your finger in the electric socket right those things don't don't run with a knife in your those kind of things those silly things that's so the milk is the law right on on how to do it but once you get to the the actual solid food it's your righteous identity in christ and that's that's the maturity going from behavior man behavioral management which is needed for the babies, right? We need that. We need to learn like, oh, wow, this is what it means, right? This is what it means to be who you are in Christ. So there's a process, but you have to develop into who you are in Christ. That is the solid food. The righteous identity in Christ is the solid food, and that's maturity. When you can believe who you are, you will naturally be and do who you are. Is is the enemy of that belief just the lies that we are still subject to but we have the ability to to resist if we are submitting to god and his authority is is it just simply that or do you think is it more than just lies well there are some things like to be honest with you i deal with a biological disorder or i at least deal with something that that i've been diagnosed with bipolar too and i know it's not my identity so just 
everybody that triggered up on that. I know that's not who I am. I am who I am in Christ, but I have this biological disorder that causes me to have these mood swings. So there are some biological things that go mm-hmm. on as well. But but for the most part, it's it's lies and truth, right? It never changes from that, in my opinion. That's it's there's there's two different kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of the world. And the way I describe it and the way it breaks out in Genesis three, right, it is is the thing where the enemy comes in and lies, but but throughout that, we know in the scriptures that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But then the kingdom of the world is fear, shame, and guilt all in our own effort. And all of that is based off of lies. When we believe truth, we will have righteousness, peace, and joy. When we believe lies, we will have fear, shame, and guilt. How did you, how did you cope with that? Because, I mean, that's, uh, those are some pretty serious you know, diagnoses. Um, what was your process of healing and maturity for me oh it's it was just perfect nirvana kind of experience <laughs> you know, yeah it's it's no it's been a mess it's been a it's you know there's a reason i do inner healing right there's there's a reason why i got into this i mean i i was i can look back in my life i i grew up undiagnosed with adhd dyslexia and bipolar too i didn't get diagnosed with adhd and and bipolar until just last March, about a year and a half ago. So, so I've had it my whole life. And after getting diagnosed with it, because when our house burned down, it triggered me off into a whole nother level of emotional swings that I couldn't manage or control. And it was affecting my marriage. So my wife asked me to get myself checked out and it led me to getting diagnosed. Mm. But I'd been doing 15 to 20 years of inner healing, getting unresolved trauma healed for years and years and years. And that was a mess. I'd gone into full depression when I was 15 was the first time I tried to kill myself. Right. So I've I've been there. I've done that. I tried to numb myself with multiple different avenues of numbing. And just I know the misery. And during that time when I would get healed, I would also be very childish in that healing and very... um, overly energetic on trying to get other people to follow suit if, <laughs> if that makes sense yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I think if you've been around the church you you've run in you've run into that someone experiences yes. something great and they insist that you go through it too even if you don't need exactly to. <laughs> i was there i was there i did it i'm guilty of that yes <laughs> is this what you call functional dysfunction or is that something else yeah uh, what i call functional dysfunction that's where Basically, the way I would describe that is to give people an idea of it is is to be honest, your spouse is your most dysfunctional relationship you're in. And that's because they have access to your heart that other people don't have. So there's more connections and there's more unhealthy connections. And the functional dysfunction is is the the concept of those dysfunctional areas where you fit with your intimate relationships. And the reason why you married your spouse, for example, the reason why you hang out with certain people, there's good reasons you were you were drawn to your spouse. And there's also unhealthy reasons where the dysfunction was just normal for you. That unhealthy behavior they had fit with the unhealthy behavior you have, so you put up with them. But there was also the good reasons you were brought together. And after you get a healing and you don't have that unhealthy need anymore, hmm. Or the unhealthy way you were trying to get a real need met is what I would say is then you have that need met by God and you're healed and you're whole in that place. And now you don't need that that unhealthy habit and pattern. Mm. That's what you become aware of after a healing. And that's when you need to start realigning your boundaries to be able to communicate, to actually take care of your needs and, and be able to communicate your needs and your boundaries. So 
Okay, let, let's talk about that because boundaries sounds, and correct me if I'm wrong, sounds like a little bit of almost law in the sense of yeah. this and, and, and what you say is helpful in the beginning, but not the place where we should end. Explain, explain the role of that in, in the way you see is healthy. Well, there's, well, I break out boundaries in multiple different avenues in the book. I look at our intellectual boundaries, our emotional boundaries, our spiritual boundaries, and our like physical relational boundaries. And, and what I would say is like, I can understand like having a wall or a defense mechanism is, ends up being more like a law, but a boundary is movable. A boundary is just kind of like an understanding of the space you need for the capacity that you have. And if you get into the idea of, just to give you an, an idea, like for for intellectual boundaries, one of the things that I've found is the most common boundaries that are violated are intellectual and emotional boundaries, way before a physical boundary is ever violated, usually in relationships. Now there can be one-off experiences, but, but what happens is what we will do is like when we assign motives to other people, hmm on their actions mean this is why they're doing it, that is a violation of an intellectual boundary because you have no idea why that other person did it. When you think other people's thoughts for them, and I want to be clear, Jesus knew other people's thoughts. We prophetically do have the ability. That's, you can know what somebody else is thinking. That's, that's, that's fair game. It's in the scriptures. It's possible in the spirit. But if it happens, it's, it's going to come with the freedom, peace, and joy of the kingdom of information that God wants you to have for some good reason. But when we're thinking other people's thoughts and we're feeling ashamed because of that, that just means that you violated a boundary and you're probably projecting the lies you believe into their head and then looking at yourself through that lens. So, so those kind of things, like that's what I mean by boundaries. It's like, hey, my thoughts and my emotions are mine. Hmm. Your thoughts and your emotions are yours. And so that's what I mean by like intellectual and emotional boundaries. And then just the whole idea gets into like physical boundaries with your time, your capacity, like serving a church. There's a boundary of like, how much capacity do you have? Because, you know, a church culture, they'll just, if you're willing to serve, they are willing to take it from you, you know? <laughs> right. So, so, you know, you've been around enough. So yeah. at some point you got to say, wow, I, I have to say no to this because it's scriptures in there too, is let your yes be yes and your no be no. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the concept of boundaries is what I mean by that. Yeah. So the, uh, the hope, projecting the you know i knew what you really meant or i know why you said that even though exactly. it's really not there um i that's not discernment <laughs> you're right no. when it could be that's very... divination is what that is yeah that's well, not explain that what do you mean by that well it's you're getting the information from the wrong place well you know there's 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 prophetic information and discernment and then in my opinion divination is when you're grabbing information from the enemy hmm. and so that's and actually, the enemy might even give you right information. He doesn't care, right? As long as he can add his fear, shame, and guilt, his virus of fear, shame, and guilt to that information so that he can destroy your community and your authority and your identity, he's, he'll even give you right information. So it's like, again, it's, if the information we're getting comes with fear, shame, and guilt, we're probably not getting it from God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, Satan tempted Jesus with Scripture. You know, exactly. So I, exactly. I, yeah. Uh, and, and as far as, you know, I, I, anybody that's been married any period of time knows what it's like to do that when your spouse says something or does something oh, and you start yes. throwing stuff in there. And if it's not healthy, you're right. It's not, it's not, from, it's, yep. it's not discernment or probably. Either experientially, we, we're taking this because, because divination can also mean that you're just taking your past experience and projecting it on the situation. Mm. So it doesn't always have to be from, 
from the enemy, but it's it's basically stemmed from there. Either way, it's not from God. You're taking your past experience or you're, you dialed the wrong number is the way I would describe it when you're getting that information. Yeah, well, either way you look at it, it's not healthy. Uh, <laughs> exactly. All right. All right, I want to show people your website. Uh, this is faithbygrace.org. You can learn more about his ministry and pick, you know information on Ray's books. Uh, and I will show you his latest book that we're talking about as well. It's called Maturing Into Yourself. And Ray, I'd, I'd love to go back to something uh, a little bit personal with you. And, and that is, you know, after you, you say your house burned down, is that right? Correct. Yeah. In a California wildfire. Cali- oh, ago. wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So after that, uh, triggered some things. Your wife insisted that you get help. You went and you got diagnosed with some pretty pretty heavy things to be honest Mm -hmm. what was your healing process or what is it if it's still ongoing Uh, yeah it's still in process i'm having a rough day today to be honest with you i'm having one of those days where i'm angry that i'm bipolar just so you know so i still have issues i have daily issues that i have to manage and today's one of those rough days where i'm like i just don't want to deal with this i don't want to have these issues Mm -hmm. i don't so so the healing process for me was first of all just just having to accept it to like It's kind of weird for me. I I have no shame that I have this bipolar diagnosis and I have to deal with this. But I kind of do have shame that I was bipolar in the past and didn't know it kind of thing. You know, it's a weird thing that I'm still working through. (laughs) None of it has to make sense. You know what I mean? That's my thing. You know, that's my particular thing. You have yours. But it's one of those, you know, we all have that. It's like this weird feeling that, wow, I didn't know it. Why couldn't somebody have told me, you know, one of those things. But yeah. but for me, it's been a process of I knew it was real because I did the research and, and it was like a documentary of my life hmm. when I researched bipolar two. There was no way of being like, well, maybe it was it was absolute on the way that the description and, and it made sense to me and I could see it throughout my whole life. But during that, that sense of getting the diagnosis, like having to process through that, it was very emotional for me. It was very it, it was kind of heart-wrenching. I've been doing inner healing ministry for almost 20 years, and I've seen people that are diagnosed who tell me that they're no longer suffering from the symptoms of their diagnosis with bipolar, with borderline. I've seen it with schizophrenia. I've, seen, You know, and again, I don't know. Is it, is it a manifestation of unresolved trauma, or is it a biological disorder? Is it a mix? Can both of them express the same thing? I don't know, and I don't think anybody really knows, but I know my brain doesn't fully communicate, and I, I'm actually on an uh, anti-seizure medicine that allows my brain synapses to communicate properly because my brain fires off in in ways like a just like a fireworks show is the way my thoughts shoot off it's very difficult for me to stay focused sometimes it's a mixture of the adhd and the bipolar and the mood swings i get super elevated there'll be like days three days in a row when i i don't even sleep and i don't need sleep uh, yeah, you probably do. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm saying I do need sleep. Don't get me, don't hear me wrong. I'm just saying during those three days, right. I don't take a nap in the middle of the day. I'm not tired. I'm just, I'm elevated and my brain is over-functioning yeah. and I don't sleep for three days. But I know I need sleep on the fourth day when I sleep. And then when I wake up, it's like I haven't slept for four, for three days. Oh, you know, so. Jeez. So you, you mentioned something that I was going to ask you about, because a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of Christians, especially coming from a, a solid spiritual background, uh, would approach this as a spiritual issue purely. But mm-hmm. you, you, you mentioned uh, medication, uh, which is a physical thing, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you've really adopted a, a full body, mind, spirit, holistic approach. 
Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always Jesus first in any situation. Matter of fact, even I got diagnosed in March. It took me till October before I started doing meds, before I, I finally submitted and agreed to that. And and again, like I told you, I've been doing inner healing work and pursuing Jesus for freedom, peace, and joy for a long time. So of course, yeah, it's it's but it's just like anything else. But one of the weird things that's part of the problem is the stigma that's in the church where we over-intellectualize it yeah. or over-spiritualize it. Yeah in the sense of like apparently our brain and, and our neurological pathways is the only organ that is perfect <laughs> Right. after, you know, you know, right. it's okay if you have some other biological disorder, but you know, that's why they're actually starting to transition the language from mental illness to let them know it's a physical illness. It's an actual issue that's going on in your brain. But for some reason, and usually because people aren't willing to face their own issues, there's a stigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, nobody. When you walk into a church, nobody's going to look at you and go, "Oh my gosh, you wear glasses. Where's your faith?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? This is un, unconfessed sin. We need to pray for you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it is. But it is exactly. But you know, I have people still question me all the time about that same same experience. Just like, wow, aren't you taking this? Aren't you going? You know, it's not against flesh and blood that we battle. I'm like, yeah, I know that. But I'm also not going to deny. Denial is not faith. Mm. For me to deny that I have these emotional swings that are destroying my marriage and other relationships, and, and I'm not aware of them. It's like an emotional dissociation. That's mm. the problem. It's not just that I'm in this mood. It's I don't know I'm in that mood. Mm. I'm not experiencing what other people are experiencing from me. Mm. Right. So it's, not, it's a little bit different. So it's kind of hard to take. It's even hard to take personal responsibility for it when it's not happening for me. And then that would cause all kinds of problems when my wife would come to me and be like, this happened. And I'm like, no, it didn't, <laughs> you know, and then I'm feeling accused. Right. So caused all kinds of problems. And so it's not I just wasn't worth it to me to get into some kind of theological debate when I can actually take some 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 epilepsy meds that actually work the same in my brain. And now I'm a different there's a weight that is no longer there's a tension and a weight that was in myself that I didn't know wasn't normal that is gone now. Mm. And I, I'll be honest with you. I know this is a little bit um, touchy, but I would say getting on meds for my bipolar disorder is the second best thing since salvation in my entire life. Okay. Uh, and I can see how a lot of people would react to that. It doesn't bother me. I, this is something that uh, I... Well, well, uh, my, my attitude, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I want your input here. My attitude towards that is is I don't understand it. I, I've never had to uh, be on medication for that type of thing. I mean, I've had mm -hmm. to have surgeries for other things, or literally I'd be blind because both my retinas have detached. So I'm not down on medicine. I thank God for it every day because exactly. I'd be blind if that wasn't the case. Yeah, exactly. uh, but when it comes to uh, especially the, the, the psychotropic, is that the right word? Any, anything that has to mm -hmm. do with... Uh, affecting the brain, I think that's between you and God. Mm -hmm. And it it is, and I know it's abused. I know the 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 pharmacy system. Too many people are getting prescribed medicines for things they don't need. This is happening. Hmm. You know when when, but there are people. What's called neurodivergent. I'm somebody that would be neurodivergent, and somebody that's an ordinary or a neurotypical is not going to understand. 
just like you said, it's just, yeah. you're just not going to understand. It, it's right. like me and you as a man having a woman try to explain to us what it's like to be pregnant. Like we can maybe understand cons, but we will never really understand, yeah. you know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's the same thing. I, I can't really get you to understand. Like, I guess the same way, like with the, the detached retina, I, right. I can't fully understand what that is. Nope. And, and you had to do what you had to do, or, you know, you could have just gone blind and said, no, I, I, I don't. I don't believe in medication, so I'm just going to go blind instead, and that's the thing of faith. And I'm like, I don't necessarily know if that is faith. No, I, I, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I actually used this joke last week, but I mean, there's a, there's a joke about a guy who's drowning, uh, whose boat capsized, and he's drowning. He says, Lord, save me, Lord, save me. And a boat comes by, and they say, hey, you need some help? And he's like, no, God's going to save me. And another boat comes by, and <laughs> like, hey, let's really, and he's like, no, God's going to save me. The guy drowns, and when he gets to heaven, he goes, God, why didn't you save me? And God's like, look, I sent you how many boats? You know? <laughs> exactly, so yes. It, it's, it's like, yeah, I could have gone blind, because if I'd have prayed for my vision to, to have gotten better, I mean, I'm not saying God wouldn't have miraculously intervened, mm -hmm. but I think he probably would have gone, I gave you how many great surgeons in your area and you didn't go yeah. see any of them? You know, use your head. And, and so. like I told you, I've seen miracles. I've seen crazy physical miracles. I've seen, you know, emotional miracles. I've seen people set free of things that would, you know, and you've been around long enough too. You've seen all the miracles too. I've seen physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual miracles. Yeah. And so I also have to deal with that, that, yeah. Here I am, somebody that sees people set free all the time, and I'm still dealing with this. And I'm telling you, like, today's one of those days I'm having a problem with that one. And it's just not always fun. Yeah, well, we tell the story about Jesus healing the man at the, the pool, you know. Um, but there were lots of people at the pool that day, and he healed mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. uh, you're getting into sovereignty of God issues that I don't think it's, any of us are going to be able to. That's over my pay grade, man. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, we're not, we're not going to step into that role anytime soon mm -hmm. so my attitude is is do what you got to do uh, exactly and, yeah. and there's no shame in that unless you feel god's telling you specifically not to do something exactly and then they'll do it which again it's it's not as formulaic as we oftentimes want it to be it's really about mm -hmm. learning to hear his voice and then obeying yeah even if you look at all the ways that jesus healed there was no program there was it wasn't always the same it wasn't the same for every person. And it's it's kind of like for us. And that's where I tell people, that's my advice. If it's not blasphemous, do it. You know, do what you have to do. You're always pursuing Jesus first. But if if it's not direct antichrist blasphemy, give it a shot. That's yeah. And I, I, if I know anything about Jesus, about God's character, if, if we, you know, take a medication, we think it's the right thing to do, we've prayed about it, we have peace about it, and we do, and and then you know, we find out in heaven that we're wrong. I don't think God's going to go. You yeah. know what? We we got to have a no. conversation. I think I think cross, forgiveness and grace is yes, a lot deeper exactly. than yeah. our humanity. Yeah, like, yeah, my sacrifice on the cross can't cover you <laughs> taking meds for for your issue. Right. Just don't, just imagine that conversation. Yeah, so. don't don't see it happening. All right, I want to hit one more thing because you talk about a recalibration right. process, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's important for people to get a little glimpse of, of that T touch on that just a bit well that's like in the very beginning of a healing experience and it's almost one of the ways i describe that just to, I, a lot of times in the book what i try to do is i give as many analogies um, analogies as i can so that people can understand what i'm talking about but it's like if we've been out on a boat we've been out on the water we've been out skating and basically you haven't been on solid ground 
And so in this area of your woundedness, when you're experiencing fear, shame, and guilt, you're stuck, re, you know, reliving the trauma of the lie from whatever happened. And now all of a sudden you get a healing and your heart is now on solid ground. It feels weird. You emotionally and intellectually feel weird. That's the recalibration process of you getting used to being on solid ground in that area of your heart. And then what happens is then you start becoming aware of, of really what's going on and what's really happening in those situations when sometimes we even have to grieve after a healing because you have to grieve the loss of what you thought you had mm. that you never had. And it's when you can see things clearly, either relationally or circumstantially, because of the lie we believed, we could have thought there was we had this great relationship. Now we get healed and we see the dysfunctional patterns mm. and we're like, oh, wow, I didn't have that great relationship. I had this other thing. So you have to grieve the loss of that great relationship. There's so many nuances to us moving forward. And really, I, I go through all that. It's almost like a discipleship process is what I go through in the maturing into yourself. Mm. It's really just developing into you in because salvation itself is a healing. Right. So after a healing, there needs to be a maturity. Yeah, uh, a working out, if you will. Yeah. Use scriptural language. All right, Ray, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to end um, with the idea that uh, there is hope in this process for anyone who's struggling in it. And maybe today oh, yeah. you're talking to yourself. What is the hope that we are promised in this process? You know, the hope that we're promised is that, that I would say that the work of Jesus Christ on the cross is sufficient. It's real. Mm -hmm. There can be a difference. I mean, I've worked with over 7,000 people. Like even with me with the diagnosis, most of my unresolved trauma is, or a, a big chunk of it is resolved. And I'm a different guy in general, even before we get into the bipolar issue. But, but with that, I've worked with people dealing with generational issues, with major you know, PTSD, all kinds of issues they've had where they've been stuck reliving this. I've worked with them and I've seen God show up and help them relive it so that they're even there. Basically, they can have a neurological reprogramming of physical experience instead of triggering off the way that they have mm -hmm. in the past. I've seen it. It's possible. There can be a difference. It's good. We all need to know that, especially if you're in it, you're having a rough day, like like Ray said, he is. We all have them, uh, and it is exactly those are growing pains. But as long as you're growing, you're maturing, you're on the right path. Uh, mm -hmm. Ray, thank you. I appreciate your honesty uh, and mm -hmm. your insight, everything you've shared. I really do. It was so good talking with you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Be sure to check out Ray's website. It is faithbygrace.org. Uh, and his new book is available wherever you get books. Uh, if you want to go on this journey with him, pick the book up and come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. God's mercy. The same for you, the same for every man, you and Gentile and Mohammedan, whether they believe it or not. We float on this vast, limitless sea of divine mercy.